Congregation, please rise and lift up your hearts. We begin this worship service by confessing that our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Amen. Receive the greeting of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter 17. And we'll read the first ten verses of Luke 17. God as follows, and he, Jesus then, said to his disciples, temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and returns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. Will any one of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, Come at once and recline at table? Will he not rather say to him, Prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink, and afterward you will eat and drink? And does he thank the servant because he did what he was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, We are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. So far, the word of God. The text for the sermon this afternoon is chapter 17, verses 5 and 6, and we'll read those two verses again. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. So far the text. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, young sisters about to make profession of your faith, you're going to make profession so that you can join in the Lord's Supper celebration here next time and and afterwards. Actually, that committing to believe in and abide by God's word as we confess it here might seem like a kind of a risky thing to do. You hear the questions on the form. You don't, we don't know what, what lies ahead for us, each one of us. And there can be times when everything that happens is going to seem to co- contradict what you profess here. And in the future, it might become quite difficult to, to stick to what you profess here, too. 
it could be. We don't know what will happen in our country or in the world. And serious temptations may come to you and might be terribly hard to resist. Life could be made so hard for people to hold this faith that they're tempted to give it up. It's not always going to be easy to abide by what you profess here. The disciples of the Lord Jesus realized that also, that it wasn't going to be easy to believe in him. They had professed their faith in him already. But when he talked to them about what was expected of believers, they wondered too, will we always be able to do what the Lord wants of us? Can we we stick to that? Will we be able to continue in this faith in Jesus Christ, be followers of Christ no matter what? And that's how you come to that question in the text to increase our faith. Actually, it's a demand, but it's a question. And this afternoon, we'll consider the request of the disciples, increase our faith. And we'll pay attention to first the request of the disciples itself, Jesus' response to that request, and Jesus' promise along with that response. First of all, then, the request. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, just before the text, the Lord Jesus had warned his disciples about causing other people to sin, bringing other people into temptation by what you do or what you say. For instance, if you get someone to watch sinful things with you, come on, let's do this or let's watch that. Or if a young man presses a young lady to commit sexual sin with him, it's hard in a relationship just starting out. The Lord Jesus says it would be better if a millstone would be hung around such a person's neck and he were thrown into the depths of the sea than that he should cause someone else to sin. It's a most serious thing, says Jesus, to, to cause someone else to sin. And it's so easy to do that we, we don't even always think about that. On the other hand, The Lord Jesus also talks about rebuking and forgiving people who sin against you. And he says that even if your brother sins against you seven times in a single day and seven times repents and expresses that to you, I did wrong, you must forgive him seven times in one day. In one week, that would be 49 times. Every time again, wow, that's tough slogging for a believer. But Jesus says, if your brother says, I repent, you must forgive him again and again and again in love, no matter how hard that might be. And when the disciples hear what following Jesus means for your life, then you can understand that they're thinking, man, you have to be so careful not to cause somebody else to sin. It happens so easy, and you have to be tremendously forgiving towards others who sin against you. After the second or third time, we'd probably say, hey, okay, that's enough now. I, I, I don't believe you anymore. You're just not going to learn. How in the world, they're thinking, could we ever get to that point in our faith, with our faith? Well, that's, that's the context in which Jesus in which the disciples then make that request of the Lord Jesus, increase our faith. 
And the disciples feel that they're out of their depth when it comes to following the Lord Jesus as he explained to them. They need to have something more to be able to believe. Something more than they think they have. More faith, they said. Increase the faith. And you have to notice, by the way, they, they didn't ask for more understanding or patience. More faith. They knew that the Christian life starts with faith. Faith in Christ. Faith following Christ is the beginning of wisdom and love and patience and so on. So at first glance, their request for more faith seems like a really wise uh, request. But if you think it through, it wasn't so great after all to that request wasn't so great after all because what is faith faith is knowing God from his word and trusting in him and living for him that comes out in the the form for profession too comes down to a, a relationship with God in Christ but from the request of the disciples we get the idea they thought of faith as a kind of a, a commodity or substance which God can give in measurable amounts. Say 10, 20 liters of faith. Whatever you want or need. If you lack some, you can call on the Lord and he can give you, maybe pour another few liters into you. Like in a car at the gas pump. See, the disciples thought of faith in terms of quantity. They figured they needed more quantity like gas in a car. When they run low, they just need to go to the Lord and ask him to fill her up. Now, it's possible to speak of great or little faith. The Lord Jesus himself spoke in those terms, too. And it's true that faith is a gift of the Lord through the Holy Spirit. He gives that. Nobody else can give it to you. But it's wrong to think of faith in actual terms of quantity or substance as such. As if faith is something you can get from the Lord like more gas in your car, then it's something you pray for and happen to get lots of or little of. And it's something that you don't have to do much to do with yourself. It has to be given to you. And that's it. Poured into you. But faith is not a commodity like that which you either get a lot or a little of. Faith is a living relationship with your God and with your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And a relationship isn't something that isn't something someone can hand to you or can pour into you so that you can ask for more. A relationship is a living thing which you're involved with yourself too. It's a two-way thing. A relationship is a living thing which you're involved with yourself, which you live out of, work with, in order to make it grow. A relationship which can grow. It's something which is planted, cultivated, and grows in you if you have it. And then the issue is not whether you have much or little of it as such, but whether you truly have it at all. And whether you work with it whether it's living in you and growing in you. And the disciples didn't have that idea about it, so Jesus had to correct them with that little parable of our text. And that brings us to the second part of the sermon, Jesus' response. 
to that request of his disciples. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, two young sisters here, notice how pastoral Jesus is with his response to that, that uh, request for more faith. He doesn't praise his disciples for asking for more faith. He doesn't say, well, I'm happy you asked for more faith and this is how it's done. Neither does he rebuke them for having the wrong idea about what faith actually is about. He doesn't say either what a ridiculous question. No. Our chief provident teacher doesn't praise or rebuke his disciples. He tells them exactly what they need to hear in such a brief, short little picture. Beautiful little picture. He tells them this little parable. If you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Now think about those first words of the Lord Jesus, which actually say it all. If you had faith as a mustard seed. Now mustard seed is one of the tiniest of all seeds, just a, a wee little speck in the palm of your hand, really. You have to look very carefully if you want to see it. But that tiny little seed packs a lot of power in it, has the potential in it to grow into something wonderful. When it's planted and watered, it can grow into a pretty big plant, a mustard plant, a plant which gives a fair bit of shade in which birds can even, could even build a nest, we read elsewhere in the Gospels. And see, the, the point Jesus makes by uh, using that mustard seed as the picture of faith is that it's not a matter of quantity or size as such. It's a matter of whether you truly have it and what you do with it then. He says, in other words, even if faith was about the quantity and as small as a mustard seed, if you work with it, you live with it, live out of it, It'll grow. It'll grow into something big, bigger and bigger, something wonderful, something with which you can do which would otherwise be totally impossible. And the Lord Jesus teaches his disciples and his whole apostolic church here this afternoon here too that faith is a living thing, something that grows when you have it. It's not just a thing but it's a living thing. It's a relationship that even if it's just a small little connection, it can grow and grow like a relationship between a young man and a young woman. If there's a spark of true love, that love has the potential to grow into a fireplace of love that takes over their hearts and lives more and more. They grow in love like a seed pressed into the ground that grows into a large plant. Young sisters about to profess your faith here. You were examined by the consistory. You showed the brothers that you have knowledge of the doctrines of the Bible and the congregation in general that you want to, to live in this faith. The question of the form we'll read later on asks whether you wholeheartedly believe the doctrine of the word of God summarized in the confessions and taught here in this Christian church. And whether you promise to continue in that doctrine in life and death. And whether you truly detest and humble yourself before God because of your sins and seek your life outside of yourself and Jesus Christ. 
Those are big questions. Big questions for your life going forward. You might wonder, am I not being asked too much here this afternoon? Will you be able to continue in what you promise here today? Do you have enough faith quantity? Well, Jesus' parable of the tiny mustard seed is so reassuring, wonderfully reassuring. The Savior shows it's not about the quantity. It's about your whether it's there and about your desire to grow in it. And if it is there, then you want to grow in it. So when you say, I do, you're not saying you know it all or you have enough spiritual fuel to make it all the way to heaven. No, you're, you're professing that you truly believe and that you want to keep growing in that faith in God's word. You don't have it all together, but you want to keep growing in it. Growing in the Lord Jesus Christ your whole life through. And how will that growth be encouraged then? How would it be encouraged? A seed needs moisture to grow, of course. The seed of faith needs the water of the word in order to grow. That's told us all through the Bible, in fact, and that's what the church is about. That's what worship in the congregation is for, to let yourself be rained on, to let the spirit rain on your faith every Sunday again through the preaching of the word and the use of the sacraments too. And then the seed of faith can grow and flourish in your life. In 1 Corinthians 3, the Apostle Paul talks about his planting and Apollos watering and God giving the growth when it comes to faith. God gives the growth. You have to expect it from him. But we need to be where the watering takes place. We need to be where the word is preached. And then also work with that word every day in our daily life. And that means open the Bible yourself. Pray to the Spirit to give you insight and to grow in that. And to, be, to live according to it. Struggle to live according to it. And the Word of God is so deep you'll never get finished with it. Even if you're, you live ten lifetimes. There's so much in that book. You can grow in faith your whole life through. And you know what also encourages that growth in? When you live out of that faith in your life. For instance, you run into difficulties in your life. Everybody does at one time or another. Let's say, let's say a serious health problem. I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but say a serious health difficulty. What do you do then? Frantically put all your hope in the doctors and the medical system? No, you turn to the word and to the Lord in prayer, trusting in his grace and his providence. I don't know why I have this sickness, and I don't know whether medicine can help me over it, but Lord, I trust in you that you will work out all things for my good, for my salvation. And see, when you make your faith central to your life like that, when you, you live with it, work with it, struggle with it, then that tiny seed of faith grows too, flourishes. And you can give that tiny little seed of faith Opportunity to grow in your life by simply endeavoring to live day by day for the Lord who gave himself for you then. Live according to his word in your everyday life, doing your utmost to put it into practice, saying yes to what the Lord asks of you and no to what he has called sinful in the Bible. Fighting any temptation to slander others, fighting to remain honest in all your dealings, showing love even to those who only show animosity towards you. Doing the right thing even if it means losing a friend or friends because of that or being made fun of by others nobody is perfect in this but through the struggle 
of faith. And it is a struggle. It is a fight of faith. Through that, that struggle, via the falling and getting up again, your faith is activated and it will grow. It will grow into a large plant. So what Jesus tells his disciples in our text is that they don't need more faith as if it's some kind of commodity, like more gas for the car. What they need to do is work with the faith they professed so that it can grow and continue to grow. I'm sure we all feel kind of apprehensive about our faith sometimes. Do I have enough faith? Will I be able to withstand temptations that are sure to come? Will I be able to continue in the same faith I profess to the end? Well, we should remember that amount is not the point, but using it is the point. As long as you work with it, let it be watered with the word, struggle to live with it, then it will grow and become a flourishing plant. Grow stronger and stronger and fuller in the relationship with the Lord. Grow in your love for your Lord and Savior and then also in the assurance of his love for you so that nothing can separate you from him anymore. And that brings us to the last part of the sermon, Jesus' promise with his reply to his disciples. When, when Jesus responded to that request of the disciples for more faith, he also added a promise. He said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. And there's a wonderful promise in those words. Apparently the Lord and the apostles were standing close to or maybe even sitting underneath in the shade of a mulberry tree. The mulberry tree is a, it's a beautiful tree. It's got berries on it, edible berries even. But it has a very deep root system, very deep root system spread out. It's a tree that's actually impossible for anyone to pull up by the roots. How could a tree like that then be uprooted and planted in the sea? Well, that's impossible as such. Well, the Lord Jesus uses that tree to show metaphorically, or we can say figuratively, what happens when you have faith and you busy yourself with it, work to have it grow in your heart and life, then the impossible becomes possible for you. Then you can do what no one else could ever do out of themselves or you yourself. You can avoid causing other people to sin. You'll see, no, I, I can't do this because it's going to cause somebody else to sin. And you can forgive your neighbor even seven times a day. In fact, you can love your, love your neighbor as yourself. And that's impossible for us by nature to do, right? Just as impossible as it is for us to cause a mulberry tree to obey us and uproot itself and plant itself in the tree, in the sea. But through faith... Through living faith that grows, the impossible more and more becomes possible. Christ lives in you and you become renewed after his image more and more. And his power is then at work in you. Amazing power. You more and more are raised to new life. You more and more are prepared for an eternal life. 
You do things that would be impossible for you to do out of yourself, but are possible through faith in Jesus Christ more and more. And the more you do, the more you're able to do. You too, Tara, Christine, Caitlin, and Anna-Marie. You're about to profess your faith in your Lord and Savior. I'm sure there'll be times in the future when you think, uh, don't know what I was doing. This is too much. But if you have that faith as that little grain of mustard seed, and that faith is watered and worked with, you allow that to happen, then you'll be able to more and more grow in that faith too. The faith the Spirit has planted in you and which you profess here can continue to grow your whole life through. Just let it be watered with the Word. Let it be activated by making every effort to put that Word into practice in your life. And the more you do those things, your faith will grow. The more you'll be able to do that what would be impossible out of yourself. You'll be able to love God and your neighbor, as we mentioned. You'll be able to deal with disappointments, which may, might seem impossible to deal with beforehand. You know, people, you see think, people dealing with things, you think, I couldn't deal with that. Well, you will be able to then. You can get over sorrow, which you don't think you'd ever be able to get over. You'll more and more be able to resist temptations, tell Satan to get lost, which temptations you, you find so hard to resist at this time, impossible maybe. You'll be able to do things in love which you never thought you'd be able to do. You'll be able to continue faithfully to the end as long as you work with the faith you profess. And this is for all of us. The Lord says in our text, activate your faith in your daily life then something small as a mustard seed will become something powerful and wonderful. Then more and more you'll be able to do things that you never thought you would ever be able to do. In fact, mulberry trees will end up growing in the sea. Amen. Receive the blessing of the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.